0: welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. We are talking predictions. I know we did our bold predictions last time. We're going to talk about our playoff and divisional predictions as well as some awards predictions. Joining me tonight, the usual suspects, I got Shane Stein.
1: Good to be here, Matt.
0: And Kyle Stromera joining us after an absence earlier in the week.
1: I'll tell you what, it feels good to be back.
0: Hey, we're happy to have you. It feels better when the whole group's here. Uh, A little housekeeping to start up. Find us on Twitter at RedTriangle23. You can also find the Red Triangle Sports Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review. uh, Leave us a five-star rating. If you don't leave us a five-star rating, that's fine, too. Be honest. Let us know what we're doing, though. Give us some feedback. Let us know what we could do better, some things you'd like us to see, uh, like us to do. Um, But let's get right into tonight. First, I want to talk about a draft that I did last night. Um, Somehow, by dumb luck, I I found myself into the CBS Sports Podcast League with uh, the CBS Sports guys, the experts, Scott White, Heath Cummings. Adam Azer, Al Melchior, and Chris Towers, sixteen team league. I was one of the lucky eleven that got to join them. It was a lot of fun. About a three hour draft, um, head to head categories league. I know I talked to you guys a lot about it. What'd you guys think of? Uh, just give me some feedback on the draft and the whole the whole thing, really.
2: No, it's just awesome that you got invited to be in something in a league like that. Uh, I think we were all excited for you. Uh, you were keeping us updated on uh, on how the draft was going throughout 16-team uh, league. Uh, pretty, deep, pretty deep pool, and uh, I think you did really well, actually. Uh, some of the names you're, you're giving me here in, in the later rounds, I, I thought you were getting really good value. Uh, you get a guy like Evan Longoria, I think it was in the 10th or 11th. I thought that was pretty good value for a 16-team league. Um, and then, again, you go to your go-to, John Lackey. You get him pretty late. Uh, you're steady. 11th round pick there uh it seems like you own him in every league every year but yeah you, you went offense heavy and uh, i think that's the way to go um i like your offense batista davis cano ortiz carlos gomez longoria uh, dickerson uh, pretty solid for a 16 team league uh, as long as you can fill in the pitching gaps i think you're gonna be all right
0: yeah the the ortiz pick is one that i kind of regret at this point uh, i took him in i think the fifth round yes um you know, I thought that he was good value there in a 16 team league looking to add some power. I think power is going to be at a premium. But as the draft went on, I did see some hitting value late, and I scoop up a guy like Corey Dickerson really late, which is, I think, one of the better picks in the entire draft. And, like, he's a guy that I could have probably put in my utility role and gotten even another outfielder. Um,. But, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, Poppy has a nice nice year in his final season. Kyle, any takeaways on your end from the draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, going off with Shanta, I think it's just great that you had an opportunity to do this. Um, you know, getting to see how you do against some of the, the guys that get to call themselves experts is going to be fun this season. Uh, you know, I, I got to talk with you a little bit during the draft. going to be the way to go. Uh, we'll see if it plays out the way we think it did. Um, but, I mean, that's that's always my strategy. I love getting good hitters and filling in the gaps with pitches later. Um, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you say Corey Dickerson might have been the seal of draft. I'm looking through. I can't believe you got him so late. Um, I actually had to do a double take because, I, I mean, I think he's going to have a great year. I don't care where he's playing. I think he's a tremendous asset. So, uh I think that's
0: the steal. It was kind of funny how the whole Dickerson thing shook out. Um, I was sitting there. I'd gotten Lackey right before, and I had texted Shane that I was going to start attacking the starting pitching market, and Lackey was a guy in a quality starts league that I think is a great piece. And then I was looking to come back, I think, in round 12 or 14 with uh, Shelby Miller, who went three or four picks after I took Dickerson. About two picks before I took Dickerson – One of the CBS guys said, who's going to take Corey Dickerson this round and, you know, leave us all wondering why we didn't take him sooner? So I saw that and I was like, all right, I'll be the guy. (laughs) So um, just and then a couple of the other guys yelled at, I think it was Scott White or Chris Towers who said it. And a couple of them kind of yelled at him for saying that in the draft room. But um, I kind of appreciate him pointing me in the right direction there.
2: Yeah, you get a guy like that in the 12th round of a 16-team league, I mean, I feel like that guy should have been going 7th round, (laughs) somewhere in the middle, somewhere more in the middle there, and you get him him that late is uh, incredible.
0: Yeah, some other uh, takeaways. Relief pitchers really jumped off the board really quickly. Um, Shane, I can't remember what round I got Osuna and Papelbon in. I think it was was, uh, 9-10. 7-8. Oh, 7-8, okay, so... 16-team league, saves as a category, not holds. Um, so I felt like it was important to get two top closers. And I think in round six, Wade Davis, Kenley Jansen, Craig, Craig Kimbrell started coming off the board. And, you know, Asuna may have been a little bit of a reach at seven, but he's a guy who I think is going to be on a really good team in Toronto. And his ratios are really solid. So I liked that aspect, because I knew I wasn't going to have great starting pitching, so when I went out to get closers, I wanted to get guys with good ratios, and he was one that had good ratios last year, and I'm expecting more of the same um, this season from him, and then coming back around, I wanted to grab another one, because like I said, they were starting to go off the board, and Papavon's a guy I've been real high on, Um, I'm big on the Nationals this year too, and he's just been good, you know. A lot of the flack that he gets as a pitcher is kind of because of his personality. But Papelbon's skills haven't really deteriorated. So putting him in a good situation on a good team. He was a top 10 closer in Philadelphia with the bad teams. So putting him in a better situation, I was really excited about grabbing him. And then, I mean, there were guys getting, like Glenn Perkins was going in the ninth round, Santiago Casilla, um, some other guys that, I'm not really high on his closers, so I think getting two, what I believe to be top 10 closers um, in a 16-team league I think is huge.
2: Yeah, the, the 16-team league, is always important to get at least two guys, I feel like. Um, obviously, there's only 30 guys that are going to have a job, so I mean, 16 teams, you can do the math. But I'm, I'm wondering with the Osuna pick, the only th- the only concern I have is how long is he going to have that job for? Um, obviously, I think he's the best option they have. I just don't know how long he's going to hold that closer role down. I've heard a lot of talk; they want to move him into the starting rotation. Um, how soon does that happen? Is it is it this year, or are they going to let it ride out? Um, they got Drew Storm there waiting to take over. It seemed like he was going to win the job just a week or two ago, so that's a concern for me. But you can go ahead and pick up Aradis Viscaino, who should should see some save opportunities in Atlanta. So you should be should be nice and set there in the uh, in the bullpen.
0: Yeah, the only reason I kind of went with Osuna without really having a fear of him losing the job is if they had intentions of making him a starter this season, I don't think they would have named him the closer this week. So that was kind of my thought process there. Um, it sounded almost like Osuna's preference was to be the closer on the team. So this almost sounds to me like an Araldus Chapman situation where maybe the club wanted to move him to a starter but then they kind of talked to the player and the player issued um, his intentions of what he wants out of his career and they decided that was then the best option for the ball club so that was kind of my, my decision there. One, one thing I'm definitely lacking in is stolen bases and today a couple of the guys in the league we were all emailing like our draft recaps and our thought process behind drafting and You know, I mentioned that this is my second 16-team draft, so I felt like I didn't have... A lot of the guys were saying that this was their first 16-team draft, so I felt like I had a little bit of an advantage there because our home league that we talk about is 16 teams, So, um, that, even though they're different formats, I kind of knew guys at the end that could give me value. Um, But I do kind of regret not going after stolen bases. I really... Made it and made it a point to build my offense, you know, grabbing Longoria late, and really I think sealing in my power, which I think is also going to lead to RBIs, and then hopefully to some extent OBP and runs scored. And when I looked up, I only had two spots left: catcher and shortstop. So my plan then at the time was to add JT Realmuto as my catcher because he's a guy that could get 7 to 10 steals, so I thought maybe I could get some cheap steals there. And then adding a guy like Alcides Escobar at shortstop, who would hurt me in this league being OBP, but could add 25 steals. So if I th- I thought if I could get both of them, um, that would give me maybe 35, almost 40 steals between the two of them, and that would make a difference if I could get them both combined. But then Real Mudo went off the board and... I realized I didn't have then an option at catcher, so I went with Wellington Castillo to just further boost my power on the team, kind of make sure I don't lose those categories. And then, it didn't really make sense for me to add LCD's Escobar at that point, because I think his 20 to 25, maybe 30 steals wasn't going to make that big of a difference by himself. So then I just decided to add Marcus Simeon as my shortstop, kind of going along with the Castillo pick. So, That was my thought process as the draft went on, but I do regret not making steals more of a priority, like I said.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. uh, Just going down the roster (coughs) here, uh, you're not going to win steals once this year, I don't think. No. (laughs) I mean, that's just a category you're not going to win. Carlos Gomez is really your only true threat to steal bags. Um, I guess Semien maybe a little bit, but other than that, I mean, you you guys aren't going to steal bags, so... You're gonna punt that category away, and you're just gonna to have to do some damage in the in the power, OBP, RBI areas, and run scored. So, which I think you're going to. Um, so, if you can, you can find a way to win three of those categories every week. I mean, yeah, you do some damage pitching wise and pick up a couple. You should be fine. Yeah, Kyle, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, that's something I definitely noticed was you completely gave up on steals, um, which is fine. I'm not a huge advocate for going out and getting stolen bases anyways, so uh, I I think he did well. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, You know, if you can win the majority of the hitting categories and steal a couple pitching ones, you'll be in good shape, so.
0: Yeah, and then just going back to my starting pitching, you know, I had Garrett Cole in the fourth round. He's a guy I'm kind of high on. I have him on, I think, three of my four teams now, so Garrett Cole is a guy that I think is pretty reliable as a uh, number one starting pitcher especially in the 16 team league and then later on i had tanaka as my number two and that's high risk but in a 16 team league the upside with him i think is something that i couldn't pass up at that point um and tanaka is a guy i've never owned so i'm kind of excited about that he's another guy that if he's healthy he's really good ratios um so i was happy with that and then you know, Lackey and Leek is my three and four on a pitching staff. I think that they're going to be quality starts monsters just because of the teams that they pitch on and the fact that they're going to go out there and give you innings. So I'm okay with my pitching staff.
2: Yeah, you kind of blew me away with a couple picks here when you're sending them over to me. <clears throat> uh, I see the Carlos Gomez message you sent me. And I can't believe it for the amount of trash you talked on that guy. And then the Tanaka one comes over, and I'm like, wow, I, don't, I can't count the amount of times you told me that he's one pitch away from, from never playing again and i see you taking them there in the uh what was it the i don't know the eighth round or so and so yeah you you kind of blew me away with a couple of those picks but overall like we've said uh, i think you have a nice squad i think it's going to come down to how many pitching categories can you win every week how how much does the uh, rotation hold up because obviously you, you wanted offense and you got it and Uh, the starting pitching is going to be the the question mark for you all season
0: yeah seven teams make the playoffs out of 16 the number one seed's going to get a bye in the first round so i kind of like that that's kind of a different playoff format as well which is nice i think i'm gonna have to go seven and three six and four most weeks to make the playoffs um and i think i gave myself a chance to do that hopefully winning four offensive categories most weeks hopefully winning saves most weeks which gives me about four to five wins um, hopefully locked down and then it just comes down to stealing a couple of the pitching categories, some of the ratios which I tried to um, tailor my team after and then quality starts. It's a weekly league um, so I'm gonna be trying to nail down as many two start pitching weeks as I can to try and give myself the best shot at quality starts. So um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to keeping everybody updated on that league throughout the year i'm I'm really happy it's a weekly league because then i'm happy that i won't be taking as much focus away from the home league because you know part of me really wants to go after this one you know <laughs> so i don't want to lose focus on you know the home prize seeing as this league may be a one and done for me but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to kind of you know see where you're at as far as a fantasy baseball owner so i'm really excited um to see this thing wind out through the summer. Alright, let's move forward here. We're going to talk about our Rookie of the Year Cy Young and MVP predictions for both leagues. I guess I'll kick things off here in the American League. My Rookie of the Year pick is Tyler White on the Astros. He's a guy I added last week when Singleton and Reed got uh, sent down to the minors, so White is going to be the Every day, first baseman for the foreseeable future for the Astros. Um, I like White. He kind of reminds me of Alan Craig when he was good on the Cardinals. A guy that's not going to hit probably more than 15 to 20 home runs, but he's going to make consistent, solid contact from the right side. Um, drive in some runs on a good team. He'll probably hit fifth or sixth for them. I'd say probably sixth um and i think that's a great opportunity in houston so tyler white's a guy i'm excited about who do you guys have as your rookie of the year and what do you think about white
2: uh white's an interesting pick for me Uh, i'm a little concerned if he's going to get the playing time necessary uh throughout the whole season to to be that guy if he jumps out and has a good start maybe he he does keep that job and and gets enough and i could see that happening Uh, i think the al rookie of the year is going to come somewhere from minnesota though I'm gonna go with Byron Buxton, um, just just based on potential alone. Uh, if it's not him, I'm gonna take his 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 mate up there in Minneapolis, uh, Jose Barrios. So it's, I think it's gonna be one of those two guys.
0: Yeah, um, Buxton, Barrios, and even Max Kepler, those are three intriguing options for Minnesota. I kind of agree with you going with Buxton because he's gonna have the most opportunity out of the three of them. He's the only guy of the three that's making the team right out of spring training, so he gets 400, 450 at-bats, maybe even more than that, he could definitely turn loose. But I'm just worried about when Barrios is actually going to come up. Kyle, who you got?
1: I actually have uh, Tyler Naquin. Um, he's a guy that's making the roster on opening day. They you know, got Brantley with the injury. Um, Almonte's got his suspension. And, uh, and I just don't trust Roger Davis. So I think there's going to be a lot of at-bats out there for him. Um, you know, he's a guy that has a nice tight swing, and, um, I've just been impressed with him during the spring, so I think he's going to get the at-bats needed, and he's just going to be that steady guy that I think, um, he's going to get it.
0: Yeah, Naquin is interesting. My my question for you would be how much Frank paid you to, to say that?
1: <laughs> he didn't actually pay me anything to say <laughs> that. Um, I'm sure he'll be excited when he listens to this podcast that I picked him, um, so...
0: Yeah, Naquin's an interesting guy. You know, we hadn't really heard too much about him until this spring, and he just flat-out won the job, which is it's kind of cool. Um, you yeah, know, there's been guys in the past that have won the job in spring training and not let go of it. and He's got some potential to fill up some categories. I mean, probably not more than 10 to 15 home runs, but he could get you around 20 stolen bases. Um, and if some of these – you know, AL rookies that we're talking about coming up like Blake Snell and Barrios, if they don't come up, Naquin's a guy who just by opportunity of having the most at bats and most opportunity could win this win this award. So I, I kinda like that pick.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's uh, there's a lot of bust potential in some of these AL rookie of the year candidates. And I think Naquin might actually be one of the more steadier options. Um, usually you think of a guy that really breaks out that's gonna maybe win the rookie of the year in either league. Uh, but it could be a situation here where I don't think we're going to have as many guys break out like we did last year coming onto the scene. And maybe a steady guy like Naquin, uh, just by sheer volume, uh, takes over, takes an award like that.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought someone would say A.J. Reed, but with him being sent down, I guess that kind of makes sense why we didn't pick him. Would you guys, if he had made the team out of opening day, would he have been your AL rookie of the year choice?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think if he was, if I knew he was going to be getting playing time, and he was starting the year with the big club, uh, I can't wait to see what this guy does when he actually does come up. I just don't know that I can take him for a rookie of the year, knowing that he's going to probably spend a good amount of time down in the minors. Kyle, you too.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that they uh, they gave away the job just makes me feel like uh, you know Reed's going to be down in the minors for a little bit here. So uh, I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity this year.
0: Yeah, and Reed's a guy who has not played above double a before so i think it was important for them to send him down and get those triple a at bats we've seen guys come from double a to the majors and very um very often they struggle right out the gate so you know getting up to triple a maybe seeing some of those four a pitchers that have a chance to you know make teams i think he gets some more seasoning and i think it only makes the astros better they're good enough that they didn't need him to come up right away. Um, and I think White actually fits this team right now, but it's gonna be dangerous when they add Reed to the club and you know, Gaddis, he'll come back at some point, but there's no guarantee that he does well. So maybe there's an option for AJ Reed and Tyler White to both be in the lineup, one playing first and one playing D H. So um definitely like what they have going on in Houston. Speaking of Houston, Last year's Cy Young winner was Dallas Keuchel. This year, I'm going with Carlos Carrasco. Um, when I was looking at American League pitchers, it's kind of down. A lot of the top arms are in the National League. Um, you have guys like Chris Archer and Chris Sale and you know Carrasco, Kluber, King Felix. Um, I may be missing some that I'm talking about here, but I like Carrasco. Um, I like what the Indians have done with their pitching staff. These guys seem to get better every year. Their peripherals are always among the top. Um, and Carrasco and Kluber, I think, got a little bit unlucky last year. You know, they got a full year of Lindor defensively, and I think that that's going to help them. So, I like Carrasco to take the leap as the AL Cy Young this year.
2: Yeah, the AL Cy Young was a tough pick for me. Um I'm gonna go with a guy that I've been telling you is gonna break at some point for the past two or three years. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chris Sale. Uh, I think he was a little bit unlucky last year. Uh, I think he got beat up. I'm not. I don't have the stats behind me, but I feel like he got beat up with the long ball a little bit last year. Definitely. And I think he's gonna come back. Uh, come back and have a really nice campaign this year. So the strikeouts are just incredible with this guy. Um, 274 last year. So if he gets over 200 innings, like he did. The past, uh, like he did last year, I think uh, Sale's the guy.
0: I like that Sale pick. Uh, He's a guy I've picked the last couple years. He's kind of like Kershaw Light in the AL, but yeah, the long ball hurt him last year, and maybe that's a product of where he pitches. You know, He's he's also in a tough division, which I don't think does him any favors, and the White Sox the last couple years have been absolutely basement-worthy defensively, Um, but they made some strides to improve that this year. So maybe that that helps Sale out, too. Kyle, where are you going?
1: Well, it's interesting that I get to go last year because um, when when I was first figuring out who I was going to pick, I wrote down Carlos Carrasco. I erased his name and I put Chris Sale. So (laughs) um, I think we're in the right ballpark here with these picks. Um, But I think Sale uh, is going to edge him out. I think he's finally going to get that Cy Young. After you know the past several years being a guy that um, has either been close to deserving it or uh, been a little bit of a disappointment, so I think uh, I think this is his year. He's going to
0: get it. The one name, <clears throat> the one name I missed, and I want to give a shout out to him is David Price. Um, he was a guy I almost picked as well, but I'm just concerned about Boston. I feel like that has a chance to be another dumpster fire season. There, they are paying. Pablo Sandoval, and Ruzny Castillo, a lot of money to sit on the bench, um, and I just wonder about some of the decision-making going on there, so I think that hurts Price, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, Price is a guy I always love, obviously. I uh, considered him for the spot. Um just not sure how good the team's going to be around him, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, that at AL East is interesting. I think we're going to talk about it later, obviously, but just real quick, you know, I think we all probably have the Blue Jays as the class of that division right now just because of their offense. And really, after that, all four of the teams could finish second, third, fourth, or fifth. And it's I'm really curious to see where everybody has everyone. when we get to that a little later. Uh, speaking of the AL East, another good segue by myself here. Uh, Manny Machado is my AL MVP. I think that the Orioles... I have them finishing second in the AL East. I like the Orioles offense as well. If they can get anything from their starting pitching, I think they're going to be a tough ball club to uh, contend with. I like their bullpen with O'Day and Britain. Um, Machado had a really true breakout season last year, and I like what he brings to that ball club. So, Manny Machado, um, he's my pick for AL MVP. And mainly him over Trout because I think the Angels are going to be absolutely atrocious.
2: I'm not going to get fancy here. I'm going to go with the best player in baseball. I'm going to go with Mike Trout just because he's better than everyone else. So it's going to be a monster year for Mike Trout.
0: Kyle, is Mike Trout the best player in baseball?
1: Potentially.
0: Who do you think I the best player you. in baseball is?
1: No, um, I think Shane uh, almost nailed it perfectly. Um, I, I wasn't looking to get fancy here either. I think Mike Trout is the second best player in baseball, so um, best player in the American League, and I think his numbers are just going to force people to pick him uh, as, as the AL MVP. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to matter how bad the Angels are because Mike Trout is good at hitting baseballs.
2: Uh, without giving away uh, our pick, uh, our picks later um I know we spent some time talking about this last year it doesn't happen often where the MVP comes from a last place team um because I know I picked Goldschmidt last year I, and I also picked Diamondbacks to be the last place team and you gave me some flack about it and we went back and looked and I actually don't even remember the names off the top of my head A-Rod is the only one I can remember from our list uh, I think it only happened like two or three times. Uh, a-Rod back in, I, I believe it was 3 when he had the monster year, and the Rangers were terrible. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing, I because I think we all might have the Angels near the bottom of that division, if not in the bottom.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a stupid thing that the MVP can't come from the worst-place team, because you know he may take that club from a 70-win team. If he's off the team, maybe they're like a 50-win team. Um, but it just it happens to be true. The, you know, the voters, for some reason, don't give respect to a last place, last place ball club when it comes to the awards.
2: See, my problem with that is, I mean, it's possible that we could see something like a 40-25 season from this guy, and if he hits 300 with that, I have a hard time, no matter where his team finished, and not giving a guy like that the MVP. So, I mean, obviously, I feel like the voting is a little a little skewed. Maybe the system's broken a little bit there, but if he does something like that i find it hard that they're not going to to believe that they're not going to give him the the award
0: i'll take the under on that tw- on those 25 steals though so if you want to make a little side bet after the podcast
2: i'm not saying he's going <laughs> to steal 25 i'm saying it could happen I, th- I think we all could see that happen
0: yeah we could but uh, it's not going to happen so all right let's get into the national league awards My Rookie of the year kenta maeda he's a got another guy having i think two of my four leagues I like Maeda, I've talked a little bit about how just the fact that um, he hasn't been seen before by these, these uh, National League hitters, I think that's going to help him out, he's also going to have to take a leading role in this Dodgers ball club, their, their starting rotation has been banged up, you know, Casimir. they're even talking about him being banged up, Ryu, we don't know if we'll see him at all this year, Brandon McCarthy's hurt, um, Alex Wood had some arm issues in the spring, so if the Dodgers want to be as good as they want to be, they're going to need Maeda to really step up and be the rookie of the year in the National League. Um, The guy that I would have picked over Maeda if he had made the club out of spring training is Cody Reed for the Reds. He was absolutely dominating this spring, and there's a lot of people talking very highly about Cody Reed. He's a guy I wish I could have gotten in our minors draft um a couple weeks ago but even joey Votto, when people were talking to him in spring training he was like you got to see this cody reed guy pitch so um definitely looking forward to watching him when he does come up which hopefully will be this year
2: yeah i like that maeda pick uh i went out on a limb and took him in our in our league and obviously we, in the league we're in together we also got him uh
0: both leagues were in together
2: yeah uh, i like that uh I like the Japanese pitchers coming over that first or second year that people haven't seen them yet. It was a good point you made. Uh, it seems like it takes them a little time to adjust to, to seeing what they throw like, seeing what their pitches are like until they get them down. And those first or second years always seem to be successful. So that's why I was, wasn't was afraid to go out on a limb there with Maeda. But for NL Rookie of the Year, I, I actually didn't think this one was that close. Uh, obviously, I think you guys know where I'm going. Uh, Corey Seager is my NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think he's going to run away with it. Um just think he's gonna hit right around 300 and the production is going to be really nice, so of course Seeger and our rookie of the year.
1: So um, I'm on a different route. Um, you know I feel like Seeger's obviously the popular pick, but um I'm thinking Steve Matt's getting the National League Rookie of the year. He's a guy that, um, he's having a pretty nice spring. Uh, he's he's towards the back of that rotation, pitching with guys that are clearly very talented, and uh, the Mets have been developing good pitchers. And I think him getting an opportunity to to pitch against other fours and fives throughout the year, he's gonna he's gonna rack up some wins. He strikes out a lot of guys, so I think he's a, a sneaky pick to, to get it done.
0: Well, I like that pick in Mats. Not for the reasons you mentioned that he's a third going up against other threes and fours because I don't think that's really a thing. I think by the time the the off days all kind of even out, you see fours going against ones and vice versa or whatever. But um, I think a lot of people forget that Matz is still rookie eligible because he was up last year for a little bit, dealt with some arm injuries, got sent back down, and then I think he was available in the playoffs. He
2: pitched in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I like Mats. He's got some talent, and he should take the lead from the other Mets pitchers. So I could definitely see that happening. My Cy Young in the National League, I didn't go with a Met, despite all the hype that that rotation's getting. I'm going with Steven Strasburg, speaking of hype. Um, I just He's another guy I've been picking for a long time to finally break through and win this. And I feel like now everybody's off Steven Strasburg, and I'm going to jump back on. The arm talent is obviously still there. They, I think the Nationals finally have taken the training wheels off of him, and they're just going to let this guy be great. And I've spoke last podcast about how much I like the Nationals this year, so Steven Strasburg will finally be your National League Cy Young Award winner.
2: Such a cause move going against the green. Whenever someone's off him, he hops on. So, Now, I like Strasburg as well. It seemed like he figured something out late last year. Um, I, I think uh, I think that's a good pick. But my NL Cy Young, no surprise here either. Uh, I'm going to go with Jose Fernandez. Uh, I'm all in on this guy. Uh, obviously, the, the talent is, is incredible. Potential to strike out 10 guys every game is there. Um, the question mark is obviously, how many innings is he going to get? Um, are they going to let him break the barrier of whatever innings limit they have set? But I, I think that the innings that he does throw are going to be good enough, and I think he stays healthy this year.
0: I'm going to have to look up and see if anybody's ever won the Cy Young Award with under 120 innings pitched, other than like Eric Gagne or another closer or something. That's going to be interesting. I'm we'll have to check that out. <laughs> Kyle, where are you going with the Cy
2: Young? We'll see.
1: So, again... Not looking to be fancy. Um, it's it's clear it's this guy's uh, award to lose in Clayton Kershaw. So um, I know he's a popular pick every year, but he's just so good, it's hard to pick against him.
0: Yeah, it is, it is hard to go against him. And obviously I considered it, I think Strasburg has similar talent to Kershaw. Um, that he could he could come close to maybe 250-plus strikeouts. Kershaw's dominating. I know Shane almost went back on his bold prediction and picked him. Um, I just feel like this might be another thing where there's some voter bias and maybe people are a little bored of picking Kershaw every year. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's human instinct.
2: All right, let's be honest with the listeners for a little bit. You guys backed me into a corner and wouldn't let me take Kershaw for my pick here. So I went with the guy that I'm all in on and he's on my team. The obvious pick here is Clayton Kershaw. He's the best pitcher in the National League. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, and a couple of days ago, you told me the reason you're not taking him is because he's going to break at some point.
0: He's going to break at some point. Um, I'm... I'm- I'm getting off. I'm getting off him. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. We aren't going to let you go back on your bold prediction from just a couple of days ago.
2: Well, there's a reason that they're called bold predictions, guys. I mean, I, you got to make some tough choices, some outlandish, some outlandish things that we think might happen. And that was one of mine, that he's going to be outside of the top three. Well, if you think that's going to happen, you can't
0: go back on it then two days later or three days later and say... I yeah. think
2: if I was very bold, I would say that it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it's not like I'm 100% that he's not going to. I still think he's the best pitcher in the league. Well, Kershaw.
1: Admit you were completely blowing smoke when you picked him as out of the top three, and we'll let you go.
2: I was not completely blowing smoke. I think that's a possibility. There's a lot of good pitchers in the National League. You got to come up with some creative predictions here. We can't just go right down the line.
0: Wait, who was your rookie of the year, Kyle? Who did you pick in the NL?
1: I picked Steve Matt.
0: What happened to Socrates Brito? <laughs> You slipped that in without us even realizing.
1: Uh, Next topic. (laughs) Still on my roster. I want to make that clear. Yeah. Yeah, for how long?
0: Yeah, for a week. I thought about
1: dropping him yesterday, but (laughs) I couldn't do
0: it. I'll trade you Brito for Broxton.
1: Send it over.
0: All right. Well, Shane, Kershaw, or Jose, either way, you're going to be wrong because it's going to be Strasburg. So, MVP... I'm taking the best player in baseball, Bryce Harper.
2: MVP. I'm taking the best player in the National League, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, this guy's just incredible. He's like a—I've said it many times to you. He's like the big kid on the little league field. He—he's just—he's the twelve-year-old playing against nine-year-olds right now, and he, he's just—he's just incredible, Goldschmidt.
1: Um, I'm going with the best player in baseball, Bryce Harper, who is. 9-year-old playing with 12-year-olds, but it's still better than all of them. <laughs> well so, done. We'll take him. And Shane, I don't even want to talk about what I heard on the last podcast, what you had to say about Bryce Harper. One of
2: those is going to be true, buddy.
0: He's going to hit two ninety nine with fifty bombs. <laughs> and Shane's going to say that he's right, and he's not right. We'll see. You know, I saw... I don't even want to get into this, but someone compared a player to Paul Goldschmidt on the Red Sox. You guys hear Sam Travis?
2: Mm-hmm. The yeah.
0: first base prospect for them? One of the Red Sox scouts said he's the next Goldschmidt. So... Interesting. Yeah. Um. Dying to see when that guy comes up. How quick Kyle picks him up on his team. It'll be interesting to see if Tom has him three weeks before that, though.
1: I'm pretty disappointed you just talked about that because uh, he's on my scout team right now on uh, CBS's website.
0: Me too. <laughs> I'm gonna drop Keon Broxton, I think, right now to pick him up. We'll see. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, so those are our award predictions. Um, one thing's clear, that Bryce Harper is the best player in baseball after all that. Alright, let's get into divisional predictions. Um, we're going to start off with the American League, because I like the National League better, and I think so do you guys. So we'll go with the AL East first. I got it shaken out. Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays, Red Sox, Yankees. Um, Hated putting the Yankees fifth, because... I'm really excited about their bullpen, but we've seen some guys, you know, Miller has the fractured wrist, Chapman's going to miss 30 games, Um, and I just feel like that offense is so old that it's not going to be good enough. And I don't like the starting pitching outside of Tanaka and Severino. Uh, I can't stand Pineda, Ivaldi's not good. Um, So that's my reason for having the Yankees last. And I kind of like what they're doing in Tampa. That's why I have them third. They're going against what they usually do with pitching and defense. They added some hitters in the soft season. So I think they're just going to be one or two players short of being in the wild card mix in the American League.
2: Yeah, I went Blue Jays. They're the class that is division, I believe. And then I kind of just wrote four na- four names down in any order. Um, your guess is as good as mine. I went Red Sox, Orioles, Yankees, Rays. um, Reason I went Red Sox to two is David Price. That was the only thing that I really had separating the teams. I uh, really have nothing that I can go on to. What what the order is going to be of those four those four clubs?
1: Yeah, I uh, I also picked the Blue Jays to win it. Um, after that, wrote down Baltimore, Tampa, uh, New York, and Boston. So again, I think I think we've all made it pretty clear that. Toronto that we think this is going to be pretty wide open
0: um, so yeah I've we'll never see seen I've never seen a division like this where it's just so even and even even at the top how shocked would you guys be if the blue Jays didn't make the playoffs this year I wouldn't be surprised one bit
2: not at all I mean no. I feel like any any of these teams could win the division and I feel like any of them could finish last to be honest with you I mean I the blue Jays might be a push for for last I mean I don't know if that's gonna happen I there's a lot of talent there a lot of offensive talent but i mean i think it's possible
0: <laughs> yeah edwin misses a month Tulo misses two months donaldson comes back to earth a little bit the pitch starting pitching you know marco estrada is like their number two right now that's obviously not going to work out um you know storing and asuna maybe blow up and this thing has a chance to just completely combust in their faces but I think, like you said, with the offensive talent, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. Alright, AL Central. Royals for me. Again, finished at the top of the AL Central. Got the Indians second. White Sox third. Tigers fourth. Twins fifth. Um, it's unfortunate for the Twins because I, I like what they're doing. I like the product they're starting to put out there. I like a lot of their players. I think they're going to have a ton of fantasy-relevant players, which is kind of cool out of a fifth-place team. But unfortunately, they play in one of the better divisions in baseball with arguably the best team in baseball in Kansas City. The Indians, it's very similar to the Blue Jays in the sense that, you know, the Blue Jays have the offensive talent. The Indians have the arm talent. So I like them to finish second. White Sox and Tigers, total coin flip for me. I'm just picking the White Sox because I thought they would be better than they were last year and I think the Tigers window has completely shut down, so.
2: I'm going Royals, Indians, Tigers, White Sox, Twins. Uh, like you said, the Tigers, White Sox was kinda of tough for me. But other than that I, I think this I think this division might be one of the more straightforward ones. Uh, I really I really don't see see it wavering too much from, from that pick right there.
1: So, I actually have Cleveland winning the division, and then Kansas City finishing second, Detroit third, White Sox fourth, Minnesota last. Um, I just, I really, I'm excited about Cleveland's pitching staff, and so uh, I see them taking the the division down.
0: Um, A couple things I want to talk about. Shane, you and I are very ho-hum on the Royals. We like a lot of what they're doing kind of see him as the Cardinals of the American League, Um, but it hasn't been an unpopular opinion to take the Indians. I've actually seen probably more people take the Indians to win that division than the Royals, and I'm not surprised by that because there's no hype surrounding the Royals. They just are what they are. Um, I want to get some of your guys' thoughts. Kyle, you talked about the Indians' rotation. What did you guys think about Trevor Bauer being sent to the bullpen in favor of Josh Tomlin?
1: Um, I was confused by it um, seeing that uh, I felt like he had the better <clears throat> so it looked like you know, that deci- decision was made prior to the spring um, I'm not really sure what they're doing because I see him taking the spot back I mean I, I think he looked good in spring I watched a couple of the starts and um, I was actually kind of kicking myself for trading him in our league and then they put him in the bull
2: Yeah, just kind of a a real shocking move, to be honest. I mean, the hype behind this guy was just incredible coming out. I mean, I think we all expected him to be really, really good by now. Um, Not that he he doesn't have that chance to still be really good, Um, but it's just shocking that that he hasn't really, I guess, figured it out yet. Um, He showed signs of it, but he hasn't completely gotten there yet. Um, I I think he comes back into the rotation at some point. Uh, I really do there's just too much talent there and at some point I believe the guy's gonna gonna figure it out and and get back into that spot
0: yeah Tomlin and Cody Anderson I don't think both of those guys stick and obviously Kluber Carrasco and Salazar are there to stay um Shane didn't you take Trevor Bauer for like $18 when he was a minor leaguer Uh,
2: I believe (laughs) it was 17 yeah um What was that like four years ago now yeah um, that's just bad was real high on bauer <laughs> and, and it was real, really bad i but i ended up turning it into a turning into a nice trade piece uh the next year i believe so it was nice i ended up getting uh, i believe robinson cano in a deal
0: i thought you had to drop him oh no you did trade him uh, i yeah. ended up
2: trading him okay i uh, ended up getting being able to salvage that move but yeah looking back on it, i mean obviously me and Me and one of the other owners in our league, one of the highly respected owners in our league, were were bidding back and forth on him. So, I mean, it doesn't make me feel as bad considering who I was going against. But, um, yeah,
1: obviously it was kind of a dumb move there. Yeah, I mean, you say you were high on Bauer. You might have been high on something else that day. Hey, one other thing I just wanted to say real quick. Um, I did see that Texas is potentially looking at buying an arm from the Indians for leaf pitchers, So um, just thinking that through a little bit, maybe, you know, they're trying to showcase one of these other guys to move them or maybe Bauer's the guy that's out and they want to show some confidence in the guys that they're going to hang on to. Um, so I'm not really sure.
0: I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting to see. I think Bauer as an eighth or ninth inning guy would be really exciting. Um, he could throw the absolute crap out of the baseball and he has just nasty stuff, um, but th- it sounds like they're going to use him as like a fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy. You know, maybe someone when Salazar comes out and walks the world, Bauer kind of gets him to
2: McAllister and Allen, and that just doesn't make sense to me. I was I was just going to say the same thing to you. Doesn't this seem like it could be a almost a perfect <clears throat> situation for Bauer? Yeah, to be to be that eighth inning guy. I don't I don't know that I would trust him in a closer role at this point, but just to be a an eighth inning guy. I mean, I feel like that could be a just a perfect situation for a guy like this. Maybe like maybe just the way Wade Davis stepped into that role and you can just go in there throw throw my stuff for one inning and get out of there. Not worry about uh having to be the longevity of a full game.
0: Yeah, that would be really exciting and interesting, but I'm hoping it doesn't happen this year because that would mean something happened to Cody Allen. So, let's uh let's hope that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, my uh... My only concern with that is just falling back a little bit. I feel like he struggles the first time through lineups. And so to be a guy that is gonna come out of the pen, um, he's not gonna have that much time to settle down and do his stuff the way I think he needs to. so I don't know how much I'm, you, I'm not a manager, so.
2: How much I can't. of that do you think is just him saying, you know what? I need to try to make sure I get through six innings here and and not really go out and throw full bore right away and, and and be able to go full tilt the whole time. I mean, I don't know.
1: I think it's mental. I think he overthinks everything. He, I mean, the weird stuff that he does. I follow him on Twitter. Um, I don't think he does anything uh, without going 100% at it. So I don't think that he's holding back when he's throwing in that first inning. I think he's just overthinking what he's doing.
0: Yeah, um, maybe you can... Get a hold of Frank and just see. I want to know what he has to think about this then. So at some point you can check back in with us. But I'm just curious as an Indians fan. Frank's got to love this podcast. A lot of Indians
2: talk tonight. A lot of Indians talk.
0: I just want to know, like, when the Cardinals make dumb moves, I get pissed. So, (laughs) like, they don't do that a lot, thank God. But um, I'd like to know what an Indian – I don't know any other Indians fans. Like, a weird team to (laughs) – have a fan of in this area, so knowing one, I just want to know what a fan thinks, so...
1: Um, well, I can play in real quick if you want, I did already talk to him about it.
0: Alright, yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, I'll keep it short, because we're spending a whole lot of time on Trevor Bauer right now. <laughs> uh, so, obviously I had to text him, because I traded in Trevor Bauer. Um, it was more so to take a jab at him there, but uh, he was very upset. Um, he He can't make much sense of it either. Um, And he's the one that actually was telling me about the the trade that might be happening with Texas looking at getting another arm. Um, So, I mean, that's that's the only thing that he can make sense of is that, you know, one of those two options that, you know, maybe they're looking to move Bauer, maybe maybe not, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I can't make sense of it, but I'm sure we'll get some clarity here in the first couple weeks of the season. Let's move over to the AL West now. Astros for me at one, Rangers two, Mariners three, A's four, Angels five. Astros and Rangers are clear top two for me. And after that, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, except I knew the Angels would be fifth because other than Garrett Richards, Albert Pujols, and Mike Trout, I don't think there's any talent on that team.
2: I'm going to go with the same exact order you did for a lot of the same reasons you did. (laughs) And I'm just going to add that just keep your eye on the Mariners this year. Uh, They're a little sleeper in my mind. I think they could make some noise.
1: Um, I'm with Texas winning the division. Uh, Houston finishing second. Seattle, Oakland, L.A.
0: Very contrarian of you to not go against the Astros. That's been one that I've almost seen as a consensus across the board. But um, I like Texas, too. I just think they're maybe one or two pitchers short of being able to compete with Houston over the course of a, a full season.
1: They're going to trade for one.
0: Yeah, when? <laughs> In July? <laughs> Three we'll months, they have already passed. then. All right, National League East. Nationals for me at the top. Mets, too. Marlins 3, Phillies 4, Braves 5. Nationals love what they're doing. Mets due for some regression, but not that much more that they would fall behind the other three teams in this, I think, future division. One thing I'll say, I almost put the Phillies third. I actually think they're going to be better than people think. Um, And I think it's always hard to get behind the Marlins, but I just went with the marlins because
2: there's more talent on that ball club um we did not talk to each other before we made our picks here buddy but uh <clears throat> i got the same thing here in the nl east uh i really think the toss-up here is the the nats and mets who do you like uh, i'm gonna go with the nats because we've we've spoken about it i just think the potential for a meltdown in new york is uh is there and it scares me so i, I think uh the hype that they've received the past couple months in the off-season, is uh, a little scary, so I'll go Nats over the Mets in the East.
1: Um, we all have the same picks. It looks like um, went with the same order. Um, I did have Miami over Philadelphia, based strictly on rotation. I just I like Miami's rotation more than I like Philadelphia's, and I think that will lead to more consistency and getting wins.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Fernandez. Um, Wei and Chen Even a guy like Adam Conley Good pickup by you by the way I was looking at him for a couple days uh, I thought that was a nice ad by you Kyle Well
1: thank you My pitching staff is terrible So I'm hoping that one works out
0: And Stein you have Jared Kozart, right? I do So you guys got two, 40% Of the Marlins rotation 60% 60 you got Jose too And if you have Jose, you really have about 75% of it because (laughs) um, he's that much better than the other guys. And I wish I would have Wei-Yin Chen so that we could have had four of them between the three of us. All right, National League Central. Cubs, Cardinals, Pirates, Reds, Brewers. Um, Cardinals and Pirates is the toughest decision for me here at the 2-3 spot. And I want to say I did it just because I'm a homer, but... It's also because the Pirates... I like their rotation, obviously, and I like their bullpen. Searidge is a magician. I'm just not sold on John Jaso at first base. Um, and Gong being hurt to start the season. And I think uh, maybe McCutcheon and Marte are due for a little bit of regression, but maybe Polanco steps up. So
2: I'm going Cardinals, Cubs pirates reds brewers um talked about it last podcast i'm not all in on the Cubs yet. um i i'm gonna keep riding that cardinals train until i fall off so i, I say i make a lot of jokes to you. they're like the boyertown team of the major league baseball for anyone that lives in this area will know what i'm talking about um every year it's like hey maybe they're not that good this year and then they are that good this year um They're just there's the class of the division until someone beats them. I'm not going to knock them off that top spot.
1: Well, I might surprise some people here. I'm going Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Saint Louis, Chicago.
2: That's that's a a really bad (laughs) April Fool's joke. That was one of the worst April Fool's jokes I've ever heard.
1: I had to say Cincinnati first because they're my team. So, anyways.
0: You're a strong man. You're a strong man for admitting that.
1: Yeah. Let me run it back for you the correct way. It's uh I got Cubs, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. To be honest.
0: I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the other Ohio team like we did with the first one, but I do like what the Reds are doing. They're doing a great job of acquiring arms and prospects um some hitting prospects as well. They're going to be tough in a couple of years. So the future is bright, Kyle. Don't get too um, downtrodden these next couple years, but love the arms that they have with Finnegan, Reed, Stevenson, Desclafini, um, and Iglesias. And I'm really excited to see Jesse Winker this year as well, uh, at some point this year.
1: If we could just trade Brandon Phillips, if he'd let us do that, that would be great. So, Brandon Phillips, if you're listening to this, <laughs> stop trying to stay in Cincinnati and let us trade you.
0: That's got to be hard for you to say, though, man. You love him.
1: I do, but I'm ready to move on. We need to get rid of Bruce. We just need to sell everyone and start over. I don't want to hang on to anything.
0: Yeah, do it the right way. Do it the Houston way. I agree. National League West. Giants, Dodgers, D-backs, Rockies, Padres. Talked the last podcast how we're out on the Diamondbacks. But I almost put him second. Um, they had a great spring and a lot of people are talking very highly about this ball club Um, and I spent a lot of time thinking about them and I almost put them in the playoffs as the second wild card as well even in that third spot I actually think I'm going to change my tune I think they're going to be better than I thought but I just think the Giants and Dodgers are that good
2: yeah we uh, like I said usually we're very different on our picks and uh, I have the exact same as you here and I also considered the D-backs over the Dodgers for that two spot. Um, the more I'm looking at it, the Dodgers don't have a whole lot of great players. Um, and I don't know how long that pitching staff can hold up and how long Clayton Kershaw can carry them. So if they're, the rest of that staff doesn't show up, I could see them being a, a three, maybe even dropping down.
0: Kyle, get, give me yours real quick, and then I want to touch on the Dodgers then.
1: Yep, I'm, I got uh, San Fran... Arizona, L.A., Colorado, San Diego. Um, and the main reason I'm going Arizona over the Dodgers is Socrates-Brito.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so just on the Dodgers real quick, I agree with you, Shane, in that they don't have as many good players as we've come to expect from L.A. I feel like the last couple of trades they've made, we've just talked about how they've won the deal. But I'm wondering where all these players are. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, I know they have a ton of injuries to the rotation, um, and you never know what you're going to get from guys like Puig, Jock Peterson, even Seeger as a rookie. Um, Justin Turner seemed like maybe a flash in the pan last year. Adrian Gonzalez is, you know, just what he is. He's old, reliable at first base. Um, but there's some clear holes on this team, and I'm wondering with the payroll that they have and the guys that they have in the
2: front front office, how how this came about. It just seems like maybe it's just the la thing but it, it just seems like this team is all hype i mean you, you hear about how good these guys are but when you really look at it i mean how good are the players on their team um like fantasy purposes i mean they have a lot of big names on that team but just in real life baseball i mean how good are they really when you put all the pieces together and i don't know it's just for me i feel like there, there could be just like in new york there could be Disaster lurking right around the corner for this team.
0: Yeah, they should have enough to you know, keep them in the hunt. It's just going to be how quickly some of these pitchers come back. Um, all right, let's get into what's going to happen in the playoffs. <clears throat> Wildcard game, I got the Indians over the Orioles, just based off the fact that I think the Indians will have a better starting pitcher than the Orioles in that game. And I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Dodgers in the other wild card game, because the Cardinals will use their... Devil magic against Clayton Kershaw yet again in the postseason.
2: I'm going uh, Cubs over the Pirates in the wild card game. Um, then I'm going to go the Nationals over the Cubs. Just and do your wild card first. Oh, oh, you just want the wild card? Yeah. All right, Cubs, Cubs over the Buckos in the in the wild card game. And the AL. In the AL, I'm going to go Red Sox over the Indians. Uh, basically, my reasoning is. They can get David Price in that game against the Indians. I think, uh, I think David Price wins in a wild card one game matchup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Um, the Indians, if they run into a top pitcher in that wild card game, their offense is going to struggle. But that's why I have not beaten the Orioles because the Orioles don't have a top pitcher. Kyle, you got a wild card prediction?
1: I do. I have Kansas City over Houston, and then I have St. Louis over the Mets.
0: I'll tell you what, if Kansas City and Houston is the wild card game, <laughs> that's going to be maybe the game of the year. <laughs> that would be a really cool game to watch. That would be awesome. I, How know. good was that series last year? Yeah. I mean
2: That was a lot, a lot of good baseball there. That would be an awesome. I mean, I know we've, we've gone in length about this, disagreeing on the, on the new playoff format, me and you. And <clears> you know what? Last year kind of turned me. Uh, it's it's kind of getting really exciting. Um, I, I don't really like the idea of the fifth team getting in, but it, it's turning into some exciting baseball.
0: Yeah, that one game has turned out to be really good. Almost all of them have been really awesome games since the MLB came up with that. Um, Alright, Divisional Series. Astros over the Indians. Royals over the Blue Jays. Cubs over the Cardinals. Nationals over the Giants.
2: I got the Royals over the Red Sox. The Astros over the Blue Jays. The Nationals over the Cubbies. The Giants over the Cardinals.
0: Man, I do not want to see another Cardinals-Giants series. Those those just kill me. Kyle, what do you got in the divisional round?
1: I got Blue Jays over Kansas City. Um, and then I have the Indians over Texas. And then for the National League, I have Washington over St. Louis and Chicago over San Fran.
0: All right. And in the championship series, I have Astros over the Royals and the Nationals over the Cubs. And then my World Series would be the Astros
2: over the Nationals. I'm going Royals over the Strohs in the AL, and it will not be another even year for the G-Men. It will be the Nationals over the Giants. And then in my World Series, I just think the Royals are the best team in the league. I'm going to stick with them. And uh, I've got the Royals over the Nats.
1: i got Blue Jays over Indians. Washington over Chicago. And then I have Washington over
0: the Blue Jays. Are you picking Washington to win it all because Bryce Harper is the best player in baseball?
1: Yes. <laughs> I. And because you said Steven Strasburg is the side yeah.
2: <laughs> So, So one thing I'm getting out of this is do not bet the Nationals this year. <laughs> uh, there is no chance they're having a great season after us all just, especially putting the cause jinx on them. Um, this team will not have a good season this year. <laughs> They're going to be just
0: fine. You watch. All right, what do you guys got? Anything else?
2: Getting close, fellas. Getting close. Uh, really exciting. Uh, two days away. Um, got one more day of boringness to sit through, and then uh, Sunday we get started.
1: Yeah, if you want the exact count, it's one day, 14 hours, 16 minutes, and 20 seconds.
2: So,
1: <laughs> um that's as of right now as we're recording this. So I'm pretty excited.
2: Can we get into one thing? Why does the Major League Baseball wait so long for teams to put guys on the DL? <laughs> it is killing me to put guys on my DL slots and pick up some guys and change my roster around. It is brutal.
0: You complained about this every year, and every year I tell you stop drafting injured players because you have to wait. You just have to wait. And you, you're carrying extra guys right now, <laughs> so it doesn't matter anyway for you. I'm doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, I hope no one in our league notices that. But uh, I've been carrying two extra guys because I have two DL guys on my on my roster, so I'm kind of finding a loophole there. Um, if you guys want to come at me about it, go ahead. I'm not going to change.
1: I think it's a viable strategy. I'm uh, um, cool.
0: I bet. I bet our commissioner noticed, and I bet. <laughs> I bet he really cares about it. <laughs> um,
1: Zach,
2: don't yell at me, please. <laughs> Yeah,
0: Cardinals open up at noon on Sunday. Unfortunately I don't get to watch. Um Sunday heading down to DC, it's my uh nephew's baptism and I am the godfather, so I'll be uh I'll be taking part in that. So it's up. it's it's worth it, but I am slightly bummed about <laughs> it, so just don't tell my wife.
1: I mean you couldn't Skype into that? What Skype into
0: that? I could, but you know, you got to win points when you can, and I'm not, I'm not going to, on the first day of baseball season, I'm not going to use all my <laughs> good, all my good fortune there.
2: Yeah, You can't go all in in April. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm going to need, I'm going to need that, that goodwill in, you know, September or something, so I'm not, not going to willing to exhaust it on April 3rd.
2: Just uh, one one last thing before we go leave the air here. I don't know if we're gonna have a chance to put on another another show before Thursday, but I don't know how big of a fan you are, Kyle. I know we are. Who you got in the Masters, real quick? Ooh.
0: It's hard hard to go against Jason Day right now. I guess. Um, I'd say it's either gonna be Day, Spieth, or Scott. I'll huh? take Day. I'll take Scott.
1: (laughs) Then I'll take Speed. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Yeah, that's... I didn't even realize that that's that close, but uh, I saw today Tiger's not playing in it, so kind of expected, but I know that bums you a little bit.
2: Yeah, disappointing.
0: He's not going to catch Jack.
2: I am going to owe you some cash. (laughs) All
0: right. um, Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Went a little longer than we like to, but um, definitely not our longest podcast we put together. Again, make sure you find us on Twitter, Red Triangle 23, um, SoundCloud, iTunes. Thanks for listening, and uh, happy opening day on Sunday.